Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Oh Lord, we come this morning a broken people. Starting a new year, Lord, new opportunities and new disciplines to learn. Lord, I ask that you'd open our hearts and our minds as we begin to focus on what we should look like. What we would look like as a mature believer. Give us direction this coming year. That we, Lord, might be what you have called us to be. That we might grow into the follower you desire for us. Lord, in those areas that we're weak and that we struggle, strengthen us. In those areas that we're strong, remind us of those gifts you have given us. Encourage our hearts this year. Lord, thank you for allowing us to be together. Lord, we pray for those who aren't with us this morning that you would comfort them as well. In your name we pray. Amen. Scripture this morning is out of 2 Peter chapter 3, 10 through 18. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and earth. And everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you be? You ought to live a holy and godly life as you look forward to the day of God and the speed it's coming. That day will bring about destruction of the heavens by fire and elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping this, His promises, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote to you with wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort. As they do with other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawlessness of the lawless and fall from your secure position but it, but grow in grace and knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ to him be the glory both now and forever amen may god add his blessing as we prepare our hearts to sit around the table lord god for all those who are struggling this morning who are hurting we're broken, who have had loss. Lord, we recognize um, that there were, there were those who didn't share their prayer concerns. And yet there are many hurting people who have struggled this week. And so, Lord, in the midst of that, that grief and loss and that hurt, 
We recognize that bitterness creeps in. And Lord, we just ask for that tenderness to come show through. Strengthen those who are hurting this morning. Those who are with us, uh, those who uh, aren't here this morning. Lord, show us your love through your word. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, look, there's a herd of elephants. No, buffaloes or something. Oh, that's not good. Dan, you're going the wrong way. You're supposed to go that way. So, uh, nope, that ain't it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> Um, I just want to make mention, uh, we're, we're actually today starting, uh, just, the, just so you know, we're going to go through this book, the premise of this book, not like we're, I'm not preaching word for word out of this book, but the premise of the disciplines in our lives, um, this is the book. If you haven't ordered it, you're still not behind, we ha- uh, we're going to read chapter one for next week, meditation, but I want to I give you, I'm going to leave my book up here, you want to check it out. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, but I want to talk about uh, what we ought to look like today, and so I want to put that on there. Here's next week's scripture. Uh, it does not; it's not in the bulletin because some slacker didn't get it done until Friday, and uh, I'll be able first to take the blame for that. Uh, it wasn't Jen; <laughs> it was me. Uh, but I did want to give you that First Samuel chapter three. Uh, if you follow along, I want to encourage you uh, to to. If you get in your Bible the, the week before the sermon, it's, it's helpful to get a sense of what's going on and maybe ask the hard questions like, what does God have for it in me, uh, for me in this passage? And what are we trying to hear, right? And uh, we're going to talk about meditation next week and, and what that looks like. And I know, I'm sure there are many uh, thoughts about meditation, right? We, there's a lot of those Eastern traditions that do uh, do meditation, and we're going to talk about maybe a little bit about what's the difference and, and what does God want for us in meditation and what, what is behind that. Um, so we'll spend some time next week uh, talking about that as we go through the Foster book. I would encourage you, um, I think it's healthy for us to be in the Word on a regular basis, healthy for us to be thinking about spiritual disciplines, right? We want to grow our, our faith. We want to walk closer to God, and so it felt like this was a really good way in a new year to start talking about uh, those disciplines in our own life and ask ourselves the hard questions. I think it's easy for us to say, "Well, I pray, uh, I fast, I uh, you know, I do this, I do that, I go to worship, right?" But I want I wanted you to to spend some a little bit of time thinking about like, am I doing? Um, do I look like I ought to look? And and so today's passage. Um, is, is actually at the end of 2 Peter, and it's really Peter talking about the return of Jesus. And in the midst of that, he says, Jesus is going to return, but I want you, uh, he says right in the scripture, what should I look like? What should I ought to be? What should God's people be like? And what he's sharing is this, this, there should be some maturity 
uh, to our walk of faith. There should be something that looks like some substance, a little bit of meat in our, in our lives, not just a, I go to church or I am a member of, right? But, but really learning some, some techniques that help us grow in our faith, right? We, we love those people. We know those people who have been saints in our church for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, right? We know those people, and we're like, man, that's a prayer warrior, right? If we, if we have something that needs prayed over, we'll, we'll take it to this person. It'll, and we understand that they have value, and sometimes I think we feel like we can't get there. Like, I'm never going to get there. Like, there's some magic potion that you have to get and to make it to make it there. And it's not that at all. Really, it's just learning disciplines of the faith and then putting them into action on a regular basis, growing in that relationship with God, right? Um, I love these pictures. These are great. (laughs) Peter says, listen, you need to look like something other than, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? Let me ask you this question. What do you want to be when you grow up in the faith? What do you want to look like? Right? These are great pictures. I, uh, the one up, I have, my grandson actually has a, a up on the right. That, that's not him, but I have a picture. I just couldn't find it quick, quick enough uh, to put it up there. Right? What do you want to be when you grow up? What, is your, what do you want your faith to look like when you grow up? What ought you look like as a follower of Jesus? And, and I don't think, we, I, I know, we don't all look the same, we don't all act exactly the same, but there needs to be some real personal growth in our life. You know, Paul in other space, uh, other parts of the scripture, he's, he's like, you should be eating meat, but you're still drinking milk, right? He says, you need to mature in your faith, you need to grow, you need to whether the pastor calls you or not, you need to be in, in community with other believers. If the pastor doesn't call you, you should still be reading your Bible. You should be praying on your own. You should be looking for opportunities to share your faith. You should be taking the time to talk to God, to hear from God. Right? That's, that's, those are spiritual disciplines, and and Foster does a really good job of separating um, in inner, outer, and corporate. And I'll show you that in a minute. Uh, I, I think Foster does a really good job of, of helping us understand better how to do those disciplines. right? So what is Peter telling us? So how can we learn to live with grown-up faith? That's really the question I want to ask for today. Can you, can, how do we live with grown-up faith? What does grown-up faith look like? And I think Peter tells us that really early on, keep looking forward. One of the struggles I think we have is that we struggle to not keep looking forward. He says, keeping in this promise, in this scripture three times in a row, he says, look forward. Make sure you're pointing forward. He says, don't, don't, be, you know, don't be going backwards. Continue to look forward. He says, but in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Do you understand that maybe righteousness doesn't uh, dwell in every uh, space that we're in uh, today? If we watch the news or we hang out with some people, we might not find that righteousness. But Peter says, listen, hope forward. Look, Look forward for what's coming. I think all too often in our attitudes, we get all tangled up in the things that don't matter. Let me tell you. 
whether there's a Republican or a Democrat in, uh, in government, will not matter. It will not matter. You may not like that I said that, but it will not matter. I'm going to tell you right now, I haven't starved to death. I haven't gone bankrupt. And I've been around for 53 years. It goes up and it goes down. And God is not worried about who's a Republican or a Democrat. Let me tell you that. Trust me. He doesn't worry about no political system. That's not his, that's not his concern. So quit worrying about things that don't matter. Hope forward. Hope forward is looking like, you know what's coming? Did you see that? New heaven and a new earth. Is that exciting? That should be exciting. There's new things coming. Hope forward in the things that, that we maybe haven't experienced yet. Let me challenge you to live with hope in your heart. Sometimes it gets depressing to hear about all the, the negative things in life. They're heavy. And they hurt. And they're painful. What I've come to realize is they're always going to be a part of our human experience. Yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, I, keep, I, I, I hear that verse over and over and over. There'll be valleys and there'll be shadows of death. And, I, and I, all I can see is this big, long walk of, through a desert of dry land. That's a part of our human experience. There'll be victories too. We'll be on the mountain and it'll be exciting. But there'll be moments when things aren't that great. And what happens is we get tangled up in all of that. And we lose sight of what's really important. What's really important. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to get there at some point. Hang on, right? Keep the hope. Hang on. God's still working. He's still in control of our lives. Romans 12. Be joyful in hope. Patient. In a, anybody like patience? I will tell you right now, that is, that is the worst word ever. I am the worst. Kenny, you like patience? I'm going to pray. Anybody? Yeah, I was going to say, because if you say too much, I'm going to ask everybody to pray for patience for Kenny. No. <laughs> Actually, we should be praying for Veronica. <laughs> she needs patience. Patience, I hate it, right? I, I despise patience because I'm not, I am anything but patient. I want it yesterday. I always want it yesterday. Be, this verse is hard. I don't know about you, but this verse is hard. This verse is hard for me to say, for me to even think about, and I sure as heck don't want to memorize it. It says, be joyful in hope and patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Ah, do I have to? Why? Why? Yeah, because I'm the pastor, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Thank you, Larry. On that note, I'll have a cough drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to have it all figured out, right? <laughs> Amen. Why? Why, why, why? Here's why. 
And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good according, for those who are according, called according to his purpose. <laughs> That's a tough verse. There's a couple tough verses. We could stop right now. We're almost out of time, so. <laughs> Keep looking forward. Keep looking forward to what God has, knowing full well that he's going to work out the details and that the ups and downs are going to be a part of the road, this journey we call life. I used to think I wanted to finish the race strong, right? There's that verse. You know that verse, right? I run, it, I run it hard and I finished it strong. Now I'm okay. If I just crawl over and my knees are all scraped up and maybe I'll roll across the line. I don't know. My goal is to get across the line, to, to, to finish the journey faithful. And if you look at the scriptures and you look at everyone but Jesus, right? There's one example of perfection. Everything else is is flawed. That doesn't mean we want to be flawed. The reality is that's our humanness that sticks out. We are flawed. I don't want to be there, but I am. And so I'm thankful for those examples in Scripture. They remind me that, try as I may, I will fall short. That doesn't mean I don't want to be like Jesus, but, but I realize that there's a piece of me that's that human nature even the pastor. How can I live the grown-up faith? I need to be on guard. I need to be ready. I need to be ready to go at all times. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the air of lawless and, and fall from the, your secure position. Let me, try, let me tell you one thing. I promise that you won't know how to be on guard if you don't know anything about this. I can promise you that one thing. If you haven't spent any time in here, you have no clue. You're not going to have a clue. This, this be on guard reminds me of being a kid, right? And, and this is my version of fencing because I'm kind of redneck. So this was kind of what we would do uh, as kids, right? We, we didn't have those cool little fence, those things where you protect your face and jousted each other with a nice stick, right? And all those nice suits. We had big sticks and pretty often we whacked each other with them, right? Clubbing, yeah. <laughs> it says be on guard. Be ready. Be prepared. Great story. Going to tell you a great story. Side note. Not even on, I should have put this picture up. Me and my two cousins one time, we decided we we're going to have a BB gun fight. Great idea, right? We're teenagers. Why wouldn't you, right? Oh, wait, there's no kids, right? Don't try this at home. Nobody tries this at home. So we gave my one cousin two pistols, and we had two, and then the other two of us had rifles. And then we went in the barn, and we pinned down my one cousin with two pistols, and we zinged them <laughs> over and over and over and over. And he kept yelling. I don't know why. <laughs> He'd move his leg, and we went, it reminds me of being ready, being on guard, being prepared, right? He wasn't, he, he wasn't. He thought he got two guns and he'd be okay and that would be well prepared, but it wasn't prepared for what was coming. 
Be on guard. Be prepared in our spiritual walk. This is what Foster, how Foster breaks it down. And I just want to show you these, the, the inward disciplines, which is meditation and prayer, fasting and study. And just so, so you know, when I read these, some of these are going to be like, yep, I'm a rock star here. And then some of these are going to be like, I don't even know what simplicity is or solitude, right? Or submission or service or um, the corporate disciplines of confession and worship. Guidance and celebration. Some of these are going to be easy for you to do. And some of them are going to be more challenging because maybe you've never done that. Maybe that's not a strong part of your life. But we'll go through those and we'll ask ourselves the hard questions. Maybe you're really good at prayer and maybe you've never fasted in your life. If you haven't fasted, I want to encourage you to, to contemplate, to think about when I get to that week, am I willing to try it? Am I willing to eat? And you don't have to, fa I'm not asking you to do the Jesus fast, right? I'm not asking you to go 40 days with no food. I'm not asking for that. I'm asking you to, to maybe just contemplate fasting a lunch. See, because like it or not, let's just be honest, if you are old like me, you have to get your blood checked every once in a while. They force you to fast, right? What I do, I learned the easy, I always get the first uh, appointment of the day, right? And then I wake up late so that I barely get dressed and get in there and I don't have to worry about starving to death. I, I look like I'm starving to death, right? <laughs> but maybe you haven't fasted. Maybe you've never fasted a lunch before. Maybe that's something that's like so foreign to you. I want to encourage you how powerful that is or can be because it takes our focus off of what we do normally and it forces us, when our stomach starts to grumble because we haven't had anything to eat, it forces us to, to why haven't I eaten today, right? My stomach's like, hey, you haven't eaten yet. I know, I'm fasting for God. I have, to talk, I have a talk with my stomach, right? It's okay, we're, gonna, we're not starving to death. Maybe we're not really good at solitude. Maybe we never find any time to sit in silence or be alone. Maybe we're not good at submitting. Whatever it is, we're going to look at all of these. And I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to, to, to work on, maybe you find one that's just a whole lot weaker or maybe you don't even know. I, I don't care if you just buy the book and read one of these chapters. Maybe there's one that you're just not really sure about. Growing our faith. Remember, I told you at the end of December, we're gonna we're gonna work this year to, to be at the other at the end of this December stronger in our faith than we were at January. That's the goal, that's the focus to develop our spiritual walk, what we ought to look like. Finally, I want to talk just a little bit about not stopping uh, growing. It says Peter says, grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to him be the glory forever, both now and forever. We have to keep growing up. Do you realize that some of us really haven't grown up in some areas? It's pretty hard to physically not grow up, right? It's pretty hard to not physically uh, gain statue uh, and to develop our biological side. 
Sometimes we struggle with the emotional side, right? We, call it, we would call that arrested development in some ways. Um, like that we can, we can be an adult because you, you've met them. You've met adults who are stuck emotionally in things of the past. But those pale in comparison, in my mind, to the spiritual stuntedness of our lives. Those areas where we need to grow. God wants to work. See, I think all too often we live in this world that we think if we just do one, two, three, and we're going to be okay. It's, it's really a whole lot simpler than that. It's literally just being disciplined to do this, the things God puts in front of us on a daily basis, on a regular basis. We don't need a half-hour prayer with all the, all the um, right things in it. We need a conversation with God that's honest and real. We don't need to study a whole book of the Scriptures. That's, I think that's what happens. We get so tangled up in, if I don't read the whole chapter or the whole book, that I'm not going to get anything out of it. I, I'll challenge you to read in a little bit different way. Start reading until you read something that either surprises you or, you, or you're not sure about or you don't understand or it encourages you. And stop right there and focus on that one piece. Because I think a lot of times we read so much, we read past all the... There's some really crazy great stories in the Old Testament. And all too often, we read right through those. And we don't put ourselves in that story. We don't ask ourselves why. You realize if it made it into Scripture, it's pretty important. God had it in there, has it in there for us for a reason. There's something to be learned from those crazy stories. I mean, we know Jonah and the whale, right? Jonah and the big fish, whatever you want to call it. That, that, that one really always sticks out to me because there's four chapters. They're not really all that long, but it's a crazy story. And I like the craziest parts. Like when the caterpillar eats the, the trees under, right? This little shrub he's hiding under to, to not melt from the sun. And he's in a rotten spot, and he's angry, and I think he's bitter. You know, we get the sense of like, Jonah's really like, Rrr! And this little caterpillar eats the plant. And the plant goes. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I feel that, right? I feel like, you know, some days, God, I feel like I'm under the only plant that's keeping me from cooking. And some stupid caterpillar eats it, right? I'm thinking that caterpillar didn't make it out of there alive. Those are great stories, they're not great stories just for the story, though. They're a great story because they do help us, one, for me, to relate. I relate to Jonah in a lot of ways because there's a lot of things that I do that <sighs> go the wrong direction. All that to be said is to, to be reminded that we need to grow up in our faith. And guys, I'm going I'm to put this out there. Guys, we're spiritual leaders of our families. Don't take that lightly. Understand that you are a spiritual leader of your family. That means you have a responsibility to lead and guide and direct and to encourage those under your house. That's heavy. That's heavy. My wife used to say, you know what? I really like that because that means I don't have to. <laughs> She's like, I'm okay. She says, I'm okay if that's... That's how God has it set up. Don't minimize that, though. 
we have the opportunity to build into our kids and our spouse a deep, grown-up faith. And I think all too often we want to just let that uh, just by osmosis happen, right? If I sleep with my head on the Bible, will I get more out of it? No, probably not, right? I might get some sweat on the Bible. I want to encourage you this year to grow in your faith, to keep looking forward, to be on guard for those things that aren't okay, that aren't true, that aren't honest, and that aren't right, and to never stop growing. That only, that only can happen in, in one context. Not because I said so, but because the Scripture says so. If you don't have a hope in Jesus, you're not going to grow spiritually. That's not because I said it. It's because they, because God said it. Hope begins when we see the heart and life of, and death of Jesus Christ and that he changed everything. That's where hope begins. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning, let me encourage you. Let me encourage you to start your year off in the right direction, that, that you would put him first in your life. That doesn't mean everything. I'm going to promise you one thing. You will not walk out this door and everything will be solved perfect and the snow will be melted and it will be 70 degrees. It's not going to happen. That's not what he promised. He promised that he would give us hope even when things aren't as good as they could be even when things are going the wrong way, even when things in life are a struggle. He says, hold on to me. Put your hope in Jesus Christ. Because it was his life that was given. Right? We sat around the table. We sat around the table and we celebrated his broken body and his blood shed. I don't know about you, but that seems a little bit twisted if you don't understand the whole story or the context in it. When you understand that his sacrifice was, that sacrifice is what was given for my salvation, then it makes more sense. But up until then, it's like, that's a bit weird. Why are we drinking blood? Why are we eating somebody's body? To remind us of that sacrifice that Jesus would take to the cross for us. If you don't have that relationship, let me encourage you. That's where it begins. So when we sing the last song after we pray and ushers are going to come by and I'll be standing here like I stand every week, I, I want to encourage you that if you, if you need prayer to know who Jesus is in your life or if, if you need prayer over whatever, it doesn't, doesn't matter uh, what it is. If you want, want to share uh, in a moment of just being together and taking it to God, uh, that's why I stand here every week for that opportunity, that the altar is open. If you want to come and you walk right by me and you go pray over there on your own, that's great too. I, I'm fine with that. Either way, don't leave without a, the relationship with Jesus because he is the key to our life. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you that uh, you continue to love us uh, even when we fail miserably, when we walk away, when we turn our backs, Lord, when we 
don't do the things that you have called us to. Lord, help us to be more mature, to grow in our faith, to grow closer to you. To, Lord, would you please direct our paths? All too often, we just willy-nilly walk through life, never recognizing uh, how much of a difference you can make in it. Thank you for your love and your care. Lord, remind us how we, who we ought to be. In your name we pray. Amen.